Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show hosted by me, Christy Demetrakis, the Empowered Speaker. I'm the president and founder of the Empowered Speaker, a company focused on teaching people the power of dreams and purpose and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us from reaching our highest potential. I'm also the author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about my services and my book at www.empoweredspeaker.com. And for those of you who may be listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show for the first time, here's what you can expect. This show will provide guests who will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. And today I have a special guest to help me do just that. Laura Barry is a longtime resident of Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and author and excuse me, and mother to two wonderful young men, Thomas and Eric. She is a traveler in a course in miracles and both leads and participates in lessons and sessions at all levels. As a life strategist, she guides others through fears and worry, helping to release patterns that no longer serve a purpose. Laura gently opens our eyes and hearts to see what tethers us to behaviors and thoughts we are ready to release. She also coaches executives, is a sought-after speaker, and she facilitates retreats for those healing from trauma, illness, or rigors of life. She's a mom, runner, rower, interfaith minister, and a funny woman. Laura is, a most, is mostly a student of life and thoroughly enjoys its classroom. She does have more credentials like BS from St. Joseph University in Philadelphia, an MBA from Ryder University in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Additionally, she is currently finishing up her master's in metaphysics. That's impressive. Laura is the author of The Center of Me, The Journey to Finding Your Inner Coach. She has published articles in American Nurse Today, the official journal of the American Nurses Association, Mind, Body, and Spirit section. She has been a guest speaker with the Possibility Coaches, talking on forgiveness and personal empowerment. Laura, welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show. Well, thank you, Christy. It's great to be here. I am so glad to have you. Okay, I, I usually start with tell me something that's not in your bio, but first, that question is next. Metaphysics, master's in metaphysics, what does that mean exactly? Oh, okay, so it's a ministerial master's in metaphysics. And metaphysics is beyond what we see, and it really is a lot about what your guests talk about. It's, it's the cause and effect of things in our life that you can't describe from a physical perspective. And so it really is a lot about energy. Wow. Okay. Wow. It's... Yes, yes. And so it's, it's, we get to do fun things like spoon bending. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, thank you. That brings it, that makes it real. Now I understand. I was still trying to make a connection between connection. something I've seen right. before. Right, right. I get but it. it's, and it's not using force to, you know, because you have to hold your hands in a particular way mm -hmm. to be able to bend the spoon, but you have to really be able to see the, the, the product, the, the spoon, the steel, whatever you, whatever you want to call that entity as not really solid. And as you're able to see that, the temperature of the spoon shifts and there's this sweet spot where you just bend it as though it's a leaf. So this is, that is really possible. 
That's not a that's really not a trick. That truly is possible. Oh yeah. I've got fed spoons and forks all over the house. Really? <laughs> yes. Maybe I could put a picture of one on my website. I think you should. Oh my goodness. And you might get a different speaking engagements as a magician. <laughs> Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is awesome. Okay, so now I understand that's what metaphysics is. Then, in its simplest term, I mean that's, that's right. kind of a layman's example. I'm sure yeah. there's a ton more to it than that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, what inspired you to want to to get that additional degree in that area? I love school. I love all kinds of learning and education, and I think just by nature, I'm a very curious person. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very deeply spiritual, and I understand the power of our thoughts and the power of prayer. And it just seemed like a natural extension of some of my other inspirational and healing work. Mm-hmm. That's good. That that makes perfect sense to me as you describe your background a bit there. Back to my usually original question. Tell us something about you that is not in your bio. You mean spoon bending is not? (laughs) That's a good one. That's a that's a first for me in the show. I have a spoon bender on the show. Oh gosh. Okay. So uh, let's see something. So I went to my undergrad school at St. Joseph's University, and I was the first captain of the women's crew team at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Now, were there other – so the row team, I'm assuming, is made up of male and female. Is co-ed? No. There's female votes and there's male votes. Okay. And I actually joined crew because I wanted to be the captain of the men's crew team. So I had all three or motives. But then I fell in love with rowing. And, and I still row. Oh, my gosh. You know, that's, that's pretty awesome. I just um, took up a – there's a, a workout facility here in the Cincinnati area called It's Working Out. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to sponsor this radio show since I'm plugging them. But they, they offer rowing classes as well as um, TRX. Oh, and I have to say, I know it's not the same, but we use water rowers. Oh. I guess this is close to, you know, truly rowing as you can get with, mm-hmm. with that sensation. But I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's hard as all get out. So I know you must be in great shape. It is hard. It is hard. And it's just a fabulous sport. They call it the new spinning. Mm. Rowing is the new spinning. Yeah. Without the water. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, we are talking today about um, really how to coach yourself. There's so many things that that we as individuals deal with um, in our lives, whether it's, you know, emotional, physical, whatever. But at the end of the day, what I always tell people is it all starts with the mind. Um, and I, I was talking with someone earlier this morning the only thing that can change you is you and God. Mm-hmm. So, um, for you want if there's something in your life that you don't like or that you're not satisfied with, it really does start with you. Absolutely, it does. And it's interesting. I you read that I teach a course in miracles, and in this course, throughout the course. It's riddled. You need to have a willingness. That's all the Holy Spirit ever asks for is 
us to have just a little willingness for there to be some spiritual intervention on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And, and it is. And so you have to be aware. You have, and willingness is just, is just key. And our thoughts are so powerful. So when I wrote this book, that was really the intention for readers to be able to get in touch with what it is that they say to themselves if they are always criticizing themselves or if they're coaching themselves. And I first would say that you begin not by reading my book, but by doing my book. And I say this because it's it's a simple read, and it's really easy to get the read intellectually. Mm-hmm. And it's not meant to be to be gotten intellectually. So it's a powerful, or it has the potential to be a powerful, life-changing book when it's done as it's intended to be done with the exercises. And the journey to finding your inner coach begins with really getting to know yourself by paying attention to how you talk to yourself. And so in the book, I gently guide readers through the process of becoming how powerful our thoughts are and noticing if we're being supportive for ourselves or derogatory. Mm. Are we helping ourselves or sabotaging ourselves? And, 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 and you've mentioned two things. You mentioned how we talk to ourselves and what we think. Mm-hmm. So is that the same thing? So if you're thinking something, because there's we, we always talk about the power of the tongue, you know, there's power in what you say, whether it's positive or negative, whether it's to someone else or to yourself, because you're the first one that hears anything you say. So is it as damaging to think a negative thought as it is to actually speak a negative thought? I believe it is. And I think when we keep these negative, critical thoughts in our head, we actually fertilize them and they get to grow. Well, maybe if we're speaking them in an environment where we're with a coach or a therapist or a good friend and we can say something, we can get feedback on what it is that we say. And, you know, we have... We have two ways in which we speak to ourselves, Christy. Mm-hmm. So it's right. So we can we can be the critic, and to me, that's the nagging, judgmental, negative inner voice. Or we can be compassionate and encouraging and honest and understanding, and that's what I call the inner coach. And we have the capacity for both. It's just that the nagging critic usually speaks first and judges everything, complains about a lot, and Oftentimes, or actually most of the time, it really overrides the coaching voice. And the critic voice says things like, I'm not good enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not successful enough, and I'm not blank enough, right? You can fill in the blank. The concern is, when we become so used to this unrelenting negative self-talk, that it begins to shape who we are and it shapes our self-image. And so the key is to catch yourself in the process. And instead of beating yourself up even more, hold yourself in a place of compassion and and curiosity and see what different words you could use to support yourself. Do you think that – I know a lot of people who have negative perceptions of themselves would say, well, I was always told I was fat. Oh, I was always told I wasn't the best student. And so they've just kind of carried that throughout their life. But I think there's some people, I mean, I was just two sides to everything. But I think there's some people who 
maybe say those things because they're trying to fit in. Mm. Does that make sense? So, you know, I mean, a person who's really, really smart might play themselves down because they don't want to, they see some downside to being the smartest person in the room, the smartest student in their school. Right. And then, I'll, and then that becomes a negative, and then they're just feeding it, right? Even though I'm really, really smart, even though I know I'm beautiful, I'm not going to say, well, that's kind of vain anyway to say how beautiful you are, but I'm not going to say I feel like I look beautiful today because I think that would seem, that would make someone else feel bad. Mhm, mm mhm. Mm I think that if we are authentic with ourselves mm -hmm. and really honest, we know whether we're coming from a place of arrogance or we're coming from a place of compassion and love. Mm -hmm. So you can say, I'm beautiful and be arrogant about it and be judgmental as though everyone else around you is you know, they're ugly, mm -hmm. and you're the only one that has any good looks in the room. Or you can really come from a place of being compassionate with yourself and say, you know what, yeah, I, I am beautiful. Mm -hmm. and, and the same is true with whether you, you say you're smart. I mean, it, I, I think it's a very personal journey. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to go back on a point that you said in terms of listening and believing what others say about us. And I think that is a very valid and interesting point because when you think about that, if someone, a teacher or sibling or parent or friend or bully makes a comment to us, maybe they make it one or two or ten times in our lifetime, and we replay that over and over again. And so even though the thought, the statement was said, a few times, we have now taken ownership of that thought, and now we tell ourselves what someone else's thought was until it becomes our own, mm. that it shapes our self-image. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I mean, we just we can we live an incident over and over and yeah. over. Yeah, and that's so that's not loving. That's so true. Wow. And, we, and we wouldn't do that to a friend. Exactly. Exactly. Do you remember back when you were in seventh grade and someone said this to you? We wouldn't do that. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, the, it's funny the things you remember, right? Because and it, and it usually is those negative things. And I, my mom will hate the fact that I'm, I'm saying this, but mom is for the purposes of the show. So it's okay. I love you and you love me. But I remember... Uh, I went through a stage, as most kids do, they go through some stage, a, a fat stage, a you know, bad hair stage, whatever. And I can remember I walked into the room, and I was very young, and I had gained a lot of weight. I think I had gained a lot of weight over the summer. Um, I had gained a lot of weight, and I walked in, and my mom said, Christy, you're getting fat. And at that time, I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't really know what body image was. I mean, I just like <laughs> the clothes still fit. I mean, but. I have never forgotten that, and right. I'm I'm not overweight. I mean, and and I think literally that next wasn't long after that, this you know dance craze came out, and my twin cousins and I started dancing, and I lost the weight just like that. But I've never forgotten that statement, and unfortunately, the statements that tend to impact us the most are from the people we really love, and right. who and who love us. I mean, my mom is my biggest fan, right? I mean, what mom intentionally 
said something, what good mom, I should say, intentionally says something that she knows will have a detrimental effect on her child. And I'm sure my mom didn't say that from a place of, of anything other than she was just making an observation. Exactly. But it stuck with me. It stuck right. with me. Here I am, you know, 40-plus years old, and I still remember that. Right. So the real question then is, what is it that you tell yourself? What is it that you can tell yourself now when that statement and that memory comes up? Yeah, and for me, I didn't internalize it. I don't think – I and maybe I did internalize it, which is why when I lost the weight, I felt so proud because I wasn't fat anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't a long-term thing. I think maybe if I had remained heavy, and what I what I perceived myself to be heavy, then that might have been an issue. But yeah, I think I kind of got past that. I, I didn't forget it, but but I've gotten past it from an emotional standpoint for sure. Right, right, and you know. Oftentimes, we don't challenge our self-talk and our self-judgment, right? I think that most of the time, we're on autopilot. And just like you talked about, we are given a lot of feedback throughout our lives, supporting the idea that somehow we're not good enough. The ads on TV tell us over and over again, right, that women need to be a certain size or they have to wear certain clothes or wear certain makeup in order to look good or be accepted. And... Men have to have a certain car in order to maintain a particular look or to get the girl. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, and it's not that these things are right or wrong or good or bad. It's just that we've taken ownership of them. And now we just play that reel over and over in our thoughts again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. I mean, you're right. You have to find a way to stop the cycle. The thought cycle. I think we were having a conversation a few weeks ago with a group of people, and we were just talking about how do how do you how do you cope with things that go wrong, whether and not go wrong as in someone died, right? But if something didn't turn out the way you expected it to, um, or you said something you didn't really mean to say, <laughs> what whatever, how do you cope with that? And I'm one of these people that it just plays a loop. Over and over and over and over and over. And I'm up all night, the loop just playing over and over. And it's terrible because I'm sleepy. I want to go to sleep. But I can't fight the loop. So what do you say to people? How do how do people change that critic voice? They have this loop that started either in childhood or wherever they got it from, themselves or someone planted the seed and they just watered it. How do people stop that critic voice? How do you change that? I so there's two points here really. One is to question your thoughts. And by questioning your thoughts, I mean to so when you were having that loop go over and over again, you just kept trying to ignore it, right? Yep. And and when you ignore it, it doesn't go away. I think the only thing that goes away when you ignore it are your teeth. I think <laughs> <laughs> Okay, say more. <laughs> you can't you can't ignore it because all it does is fester in you. And then what happens oftentimes, Christy, is that it comes out at a different point in time disproportionate to whatever is currently happening. So you've got this loop going on in your mind and your mind and then, you know, later on you're in some situation that is 
reminiscent of the other one. And so now you've got this built up past of what the situation means and your reaction to what's happening in the present may be disproportionate because you've got this, these built up experiences that you just keep ignoring. Mm-hmm. So my book and my philosophy is to dig deeper, to really go within and question what it is that you're thinking. And whether it's, whether you do this individually or you do it with help with a a therapist or a life coach or something like that, it means that you're going to stay with an issue versus ignoring it or distracting yourself from it. And we do that a lot in this society. We've got such exaggerated busyness with all of our electronics and ease of just not paying attention to our thoughts. And our bodies are wonderful mechanisms giving us feedback all the time mm-hmm. about what our thoughts are doing. Because if our thoughts are, are good and happy and non-judgmental, our bodies feel good. Mm-hmm. And when our thoughts are judgmental or angry or critical, we may have, we may feel like we've got stress in our necks, we may have headaches, we may have upset stomachs, we're just tired all the time. And so our bodies tell us this. And instead of paying greater attention and questioning what's going on, ah, you know, we'll turn the TV on or hop on Facebook or pop a pill or take a nap or something like that. So, okay, so, okay, I hear you. We have we have a headache, and we know, for me, my stress is in my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I know when my neck really starts to get tight and I actually start to have trouble swallowing, those are my, I'm at the breaking point. So the, for me, that's my trigger. And I think a big part of it is understanding what your, what your stress triggers are, because they, they would be different for everyone. A girlfriend of mine gets migraines. When she's really stressed, she gets migraines. So understanding that you have those triggers and then saying, okay, I'm stressed, now I have to do something about it is two different things. And I think a lot of people don't understand how to manage stress. We'll just talk that one for a second. Because for me, I get rid of my stress by exercising. Exercising is one. Um, You know, spending time with my husband is another or just watching movies, whatever. Those are my stress relievers kind of separating myself from the thing that's that's stressing. But you can't always get away from your work. If your work is stressful, you have to go to work. So without people getting professional help, or maybe maybe for some people it is professional help, what what do they do to truly address that though? So they gotta they gotta dig deeper. They have to understand what it is that's causing this critical voice in their head. And then what then there's the physical manifestations that come from, potentially come from that as well. Do people need to get professional help? How how do they truly dig deeper? So I'm not a medical professional. Yep. Let's just get that yep. out there. And there's a possibility that it would be very wise for someone to seek professional help, especially if your your stress is really out of control and it's impacting your family and all of your significant relationships, I hope that my work can catch someone before they actually get to that severe of a state. And I think 
there is an overemphasis on externals. And I call this situational happiness in my book, meaning that we need things outside of ourselves to change or to be a certain way in order for us to be happy. Mm -hmm. And if that's the way we show up in the world, the situational happiness. It's got to be a very hard way to be, right? Mm -hmm. And what's happening there, when we need things outside of us to change in order for us to be okay, our critic mind is judging all that is outside of us as wrong or bad. Mm, our coaching mind, on the other hand, will look at the same situation with curiosity and compassion and in that process, begin to dig deeper to get to what the real cause of our wanting to change everything outside of us, of our wanting to be in control 24-7. Because we can't be in control of the things that are outside of us. And that's what creates unhappiness. The coaching mind has the ability of shifting us away from blaming others for our unhappiness and discontent. And this is really scary for some. Mm. You know, I, I'm also uh, a runner, and like you, I use exercise to help me reduce stress. And you know, I think we all have that, um, that flight desire, flight or flight, mm -hmm. and we need, we've got this pent-up energy that we want to do something with it. And... And I say this very lovingly, but I know for me, at least, running is just another addiction. It's a socially acceptable addiction. The way we use that to shift things in our life or shift our the way we in which we feel. Mm -hmm. Because we're still not we're still not investigating what the issue is. That's true. I know I for me sometimes that I'll go out and I can do a three-mile run, and then I can get to the place where I'm willing to look at what's really bothering me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the key is to come full circle, to get rid of the steam in a, a, a non-hurtful way to others. <laughs> right, right. Right? Get rid of that steam, get yeah. rid of that energy, get the blood flowing and the, and the oxygen moving in your body, and then come back and revisit, okay, why did I explode in that meeting? Mm -hmm. Why is it that every time so-and-so talks in a meeting, I, I want to slap them? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nice. Probably should get a good handle on that. <laughs> Someone's there saying, yeah, I was thinking you were going to say strangle. Um, but, you know, or why do we cloud something that somebody else or a, a different situation, why do, why do we do that? And, you know, I know for me personally, I would love to tell everybody else how to eat and drink and vote and dress and behave so that I can be happy. Mm -hmm. But that's not going to work because everybody else wants the same thing. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Well, we've talked about a lot and we're out of time. <gasps> no way. Yes way. <laughs> Yes, way we have not solved the world's issues, and we are out of time. Holy moly! But you know what? We've 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 said some great things today. You've said some great things, um, and and it continues to point to a lot of the topics that I have on my show, which is all about. It truly does all start with you. 
it all starts with the person. Um, you know, we can spend a lot of time talking about, you know, do this, do that, and the other, but you have to want to. Yeah. You have to recognize that there is indeed an issue, and, and that's the starting place is acknowledging. <laughs> it's like, you know, those who are alcoholics. I mean, the first step to recovery is acknowledging that you have an, a problem. Absolutely. So I want to, I, so first of all, thank you um, for contributing um, your wisdom and insights to the show. I want to give you an opportunity now to let people know, we mentioned your book um, throughout, but I want you to let people know how to contact you, how to get a copy of your book. Oh, absolutely. The book is called Center of Me, The Journey to Finding Your Inner Coach. And you can find it on Amazon or my website, laurabarry.org. So that's L-A-U-R-A-B-A-R-R-Y dot org. And also on my website, I have from time to time free workshop webinars that you can attend and it's, you know, done in the privacy of your own home and in your jammies and it's some great information and there's a lot of great tools. So I invite you to check out the website and sign up for one of the webinars that are on there. And to continue in your journey of treating yourself kindly and lovingly because you're worth it. And only the way you treat yourself, or you can't treat others, I should put it that way, you really can't treat others with love and compassion and gratitude if you're not treating yourself that way. And even though you may think that you do, it will come with some resentment over time. And so think and pay attention to the voice inside your head and see if it's a critic or is it a coach. And don't beat yourself up if you realize that it's a critic. Just hold yourself in a place of compassion and know that you can do it differently next time. That's good. That's good. Thank you so much, Laura. And thank you all for listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show with me, Christy Demetrakis. I invite you to follow me and the show on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at cdemetrakis. And on Facebook, my pages are Faith to Conquer Fear and The Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you to keep it moving. I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon.